You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. wanting to blame God. Well, God did this and God did that, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what about us? What about our failure? What about failure on our part? Because God is always faithful. God is always faithful, even when we're faithless. God will always keep it word. We're the ones that have failed God. Never God fails us, because perfect love never fails. The failure is always on our part. He says, but our fathers dealt proudly. They remember what God did. He formed the nation in verses 7 through 18. When things go wrong, who do you blame first? Oftentimes in our culture, people are turned off by God because they immediately blame Him when something doesn't go right. Today, Pastor Dave wants you to know that God wants nothing more than to save you from yourself. He is working everything for your good. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Nehemiah chapter 9 as he continues his message, A Prayer of Remembrance. You've made heavens and earth. You made all the heavens. You're above everything. You made the entire universe and you keep the universe preserved. You preserve the universe in the palm of your hand. They're recognizing all this. Because why? Because they heard it in the word of God. They read the words, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And they read Genesis. They read the Genesis account and they believed it. What's interesting is that Paul tells us in the book of Colossians that Jesus Christ was the creator. By him, all things were made, and through him, everything was made that was made, and he held everything together. And I love this. The whole universe was held together by the power of Jesus Christ, by God. Genesis says, in the beginning, God created. The word God here in Hebrew is Elohim, which is plural. The the Hebrew singular for God is El, The dual sense is Eloi, so Elohim is a plural sense for God. In the beginning, God, a singular word with a plural meaning, so there has to be more than one God. And I believe that there's a hint to the Trinity, right in the very first first verse of the Bible, that they would use God in a plural form. God created the heavens and the earth. And when it came to man, it said, let us, let us make man in our own image. Let us, us, again, I will make man after my likeness and my image. No, that's not what he said. He said, let us make man into our image. The divine counsels of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man was created in the likeness and the image of God. So then John, in chapter 1, takes it and says, in the beginning, the logos, the word, and the word was God, the word was with God, the same from the beginning. The same meaning alos, exactly the same. All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. John 1, 1 through 3. Jesus is the active agent in creation. 
For by him all things are created. And the all things, it means just that. You take it literally for the things that are in heaven and the things that are on earth. The whole universe was created by Jesus Christ. Things that are visible, things that are invisible. So the invisible material of the universe that you can see, plus that which you cannot see. He has power over thrones and dominions and principalities and powers. All things were made by him and all things were made for him. They were made by him and they're made for him and all the angels of the universe and all these things of the universe. That includes you and me. That includes you and me. We were made for God's good pleasure and for his purpose. People don't like that sometimes. They rebel against that which was given to the capacity to do because when he created you, he created you with a free will and a choice. You were created with his image and God is a self-determination being and thus he created you. Self-determinant, the power of choice. And that was necessary in order that we might have a meaningful relation with him. He wanted us to accept him freely. He wanted us to choose Jesus Christ freely, voluntarily. God demonstrated his love for us by allowing Jesus to die on a cross while we were still sinners. And God wants us to accept him freely. If you're in a relationship with someone, you want them to love you because they want to love you. Because they're free, not bound by it. Not bound by it. They say, stand up and bless the Lord your God. This is a commandment to every believer who wants to obey God. Every believer should hear these words, stand up and bless the Lord your God. Well, we do that when we sing our songs. We stand, we raise our hands, we sing. They exalt the name of the Lord above all else. And I love that. We love the song above all, above all powers, above all kings, above all nations, and so on, and so on, and so on. Above all, we love that. They praise the Lord. They praise him for what he is. They praise him for who he is. They praise him for his covenant with them. And they praise him for his great deliverance from all the enemies that they came across. They praise him for his tender guidance throughout the history. We should honor him too. We should honor him and praise him just for bringing us here tonight. Just for sustaining us. I don't care how old you are. You're there and here tonight because God has sustained you that long. God has sustained you through your entire life. And he's kept you until this point. He's God alone. There are no other gods like him. So they worship through the reading of the scriptures. And through the praising him aloud, praying him, confessing him, and separating themselves from the things that were not of him. And that's what praise is. Praise is not just singing. Praise is praying. Praise is reading his word. Praise is fellowshipping. Praise is doing those kind of things. It's not just singing songs. We give him praise. They were obedient to God's word. They praised him for creation. They praised him for his providential hand upon them. It's interesting in the New Testament, in chapter 4 of Acts, the apostles were told, don't ever say anything in the name of Jesus. Don't do that. You're not allowed to do that after Peter and John had raised the man at the gate. Beautiful. They went back and they said, and they prayed, and listen to the pray, prayer they prayed. O oh Lord, thou art God, thou hast created the heavens and the earth and everything in them. Almost exactly what is being prayed here in Nehemiah. Did they have that on mind when they prayed? I don't know. But it's very, very interesting that this is what they prayed. You are the God who has created heaven and all the hosts, the earth, and all the things that are in the sea, and all the things therein. You preserved them all, and the hosts of heaven worshiped you. So the host of heaven will be a reference to the angels who are around God all the time. We've been studying that in the book of Revelation. They praised him for his goodness. Now, we're going to read a while. Hang in there with me, okay? We're going to read a little bit. 
beginning in verse 7. You are the Lord God who chose Abram. So they go all the way back. Remember, they just finished understanding the word of God. They just finished understanding Genesis. And in Genesis, what, 10, 11, and 12, Abram is called by God. Abram is called. So they said, "How you are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of the Earl of Chaldees, or it's mentioned in Genesis, and you gave him the name Abraham. And that's also mentioned, meant to how now the Lord changed Abraham, Abram's name to Abraham and Sarai's name to Sarah. And a lot of people believe, and I, I kind of like this commentary, is that when they believed Abraham, that ha sound was when the Spirit of God came into him. Sarah, that ha, that, 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 that's, a, that's a sound for the Spirit. They said, you found his heart faithful before you and made a covenant with him. Abraham believed God, and what happened? It was accounted to him as righteousness. It was imputed to him as righteousness. When Abraham believed God's promise, God accounted to him as righteousness. So he found Abraham's heart to be what? Faithful. Who is Abraham to us? The father of faith. He's the father of faith. He's the father of our faith. And that he made a covenant with him. What kind of covenant? A covenant that would say that your seed, through your seed, all the world would be blessed. He was talking about Jesus Christ. He was talking about our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm going to give you the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Gasherites, and to give it to the descendants. You have performed your words, for you are righteous. Talking about Abraham, you are righteous. Why? Because you believed in God. That what's made him righteous. You believed in God. You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry by the Red Sea. Now they're moving to Exodus. They're moving on to Exodus when they read. You showed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his servants, and against all the people of this land. For you knew that they acted proudly against them. So you made a name for yourself as it is this day. And you divided the sea before them. Now we're at the Red Sea. So that they went through the midst of the sea on dry land. I, that never ceases to amaze me. It never ceases to amaze me that when God pulled back the Red Sea, it says they went across on dry land. Now, it's been a long time since I've been in the ocean, but I do go in the bay when we do our baptisms. And when I'm standing on down there is nothing less than soggy and nasty and sink you in. It's not dry at all. Don't remember, the Red Sea was underwater for how long? All of a sudden, God parts it, and it's dry. And they go across on dry land. I love that. And their persecutors, you threw into the deep as a stone into the mighty waters. I love that. It's like God was skipping a stone across the ocean when he closed the ocean on top of all the Egyptians. Moreover, you led them by day with a cloudy pillar. I've said that. By night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the road by which they should travel. You came down also on Mount Sinai where they met him. And this is where they received the word of God, where they received the commandments of God and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinance and true laws. Now they're talking about the law of Moses. God's good statutes and commandments. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statutes and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. You gave them bread and from heaven for their hunger. Remember, I talked about manna and brought them water out of the rock for their thirst. When, when Moses was told to strike the rock at first and water came out of it, Paul says that Jesus was that rock. Jesus was the rock. 
and told them to go and possess the land which you had sworn to give them. But they and their fathers acted proudly, hardened their necks, and did not heed your commandments. They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. And they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. I love that. I love that. After all they did against him, all they did and came against him, he did not forsake them. We have a promise from God that he'll never leave or forsake us. We have that promise. So I love that. He's, he, look, at, look at this beautiful description. God is ready to pardon. Through Jesus Christ, our sins have been forgiven. We've been pardoned, right? We're gracious and God's gracious and merciful, slow to anger. He's abundant in kindness that he doesn't forsake us. Even when they made a golden molded calf for themselves. Remember, Moses was on the, on, the, on the mountain for 40 days, and they made a calf. Aaron fashioned a calf out of gold, and they were making it. They said, this is your God. And Moses came down and said, what did you do? And Aaron said, well, they gave me their gold. I threw it into the fire, and this calf came dancing out. Yeah, okay, Aaron. Great excuse, great excuse. That didn't fly very well. And said, this is your God that brought you up out of Egypt and were great provocations. Yet in your manifold mercies, you did not forsake him in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud did not depart to them day. did led them on the road, nor the fire of night showed them the light, the way they should go. You also gave your good spirit, there it is, to instruct them. All of the interesting things that were made for the tabernacle in the wilderness, all of the belongings, God filled the artisans with the spirit so that they could be able to do the work to create all these things. And there's no coincidence that I just finished Exodus and I'm going into Leviticus. I just went through Genesis and Exodus in my private reading and I'm going into Leviticus. No, no coincidence here. And did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. Moreover, you gave them kingdoms and nations and divided them into districts and they took possession of the land of Shehan and the land of the king of Heshbon and the land of Og, king of Bashan. And you also multiplied their children as the stars of the heaven and brought them into the land, which you had told their fathers, God is so faithful. Do you see the faithfulness of God going on here? And it's beautiful as their remembrance. This is a prayer of remembrance. They're remembering God and all that he did. I think this is a model for us. I think this is a model for us. If you're going through a hard time, remember all that God has done for you. All that God has done to go in and possess, so the people went in and they possessed the land. You subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into your hands with their kings and the people of the land, that they might do with them what they wished. And they took strong cities and a rich land and possessed houses full of goods, cisterns already dug, vineyards, olive groves, fruit trees in abundance, and they ate and were filled and grew fat. And they delighted themselves in great goodness. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you, cast your law behind their backs and killed your prophets who testified against them to turn to them to yourself that they work great provocations. Therefore you delivered them into the hand of their enemies who oppressed them and in the time of their trouble when they cried out from you, you heard from heaven. And according to your abundant mercies, you gave them deliverers who saved them from the hand of their enemies. Now you can go through the judges every time they had a problem. 
God sent a judge to them that would help them, a deliverer, so to speak, that would get them out of trouble. But after they had rest, they again did evil before you. Therefore, you left them in the hand of their enemies so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried out to you, you heard from heaven and many times you delivered them according to your mercies and testified against them that you might bring them back to your law. Yet they acted proudly and did not heed your commandments, but sinned against you, your judgments, which if a man does, shall not live, shall he... Which if a man does, he shall live by them. And they shrugged their shoulders, stiffened their necks, and would not hear. Yet for many years you had patience with them and testified against them by your spirit in your prophets. Yet they would not listen. Therefore you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the land. Wow. So they just started rehashing history. This is a prayer of history. They're remembering all the things that God does. And notice what they're remembering. They're remembering all the good things that God did, and they're remembering all the bad things that their forefathers did. You know, I like that. You did this, but we did this. And you did that, but we did this. And it's, it's really interesting that they're bringing all this stuff up. It's almost like Ezra, was Ezra was speaking, they are identifying with the nation's sin. They're identifying with the nation's sin. You know, it goes all the way back. I mean, we, we can talk about this for a long, long time. But the second battle in the new land, the second battle was against what city? AI, right? AI. Jericho was the first city. They sacked that. Remember, they went around it seven times and all that kind of stuff. AI was a city that they should have destroyed. But they didn't really go to God about it. And they went into the city, and they got their butts kicked. And they lost a lot of people, and they came back. And Joshua said, Lord, why did this happen? He said, because there's sin in the camp. One family's sin cost the entire nation a problem. One family's sin cost the entire nation a problem. And they had to get them all lined up, and they had to go by, and it fell on Achan and his family. And they ended up having to stone them and kill them all. And the next time they went back to AI, they were able to conquer it. But one family. So sin affects more than you. Sin affects more than just you and your family. Sin is widespread and goes into deep. And when there's sin in the camp, it has to be rooted out. And we got to get rid of it because God won't bless it if there's sin in the camp. But they've been listening to the word of God. They've been reading the law of the Lord from morning till noon. And so with all these things they were reading in the first five books, then so there's the acknowledgement of God. You were faithful, God. You kept your word. But our fathers, ay, 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 they fail. They always failed on their part. So many times we're always wanting to blame God. Well, God did this and God did that, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what about us? What about our failure? What about failure on our part? Because God is always faithful. God is always faithful, even when we're faithless. God will always keep it word. We're the ones that have failed God. Never God fails us, because perfect love never fails. The failure is always on our part. He says, but our fathers dealt proudly. They remember what God did. He formed the nation in verses 7 through 18. He led the nation in verses 19 through 20. And then he chastises those he loves. We must take time in every day to acknowledge God's goodness and mercy in our lives. We are undeserved always. We don't deserve it at all, no matter what our circumstances. He is so worthy. And then we see the amazing grace of God as we finish out the chapter from 31 through 38. Nevertheless, I love that. 
They're talking about all the times that Israel failed. They're talking about all the times that they did this, they did that. And he says, nevertheless, in your great mercy, oh, you did not utterly consume them nor forsake them, for you are God, gracious and merciful. Oh, man, man. Goodness, love, and mercy, we sang it tonight. We sang about his goodness, his love, and his mercy. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy, do not let all the trouble seem small before you. That has come up upon us, our kings and our princes, our priests and our prophets, our fathers, and on your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until this day. However, you are just in all that has befallen us. Notice that word. God is a just God. We've got to get that into our minds as we study the rest of Revelation. God is a just God. Everybody has an equal chance. We're all on equal playing field right now. Except Jesus Christ, sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven. But if you don't, then you have to face God's wrath. And that's where we are in the book of Revelation. So we're all on the same playing field right now. God's grace, we are called, it's called the dispensation of grace, where God's grace is continually abounding. But we've read that that is going to one day come out. For you have dealt faithfully, but we have done wickedly. Neither our kings nor our princes, our priests nor our fathers have kept your law, nor heeded your commandments and your testimonies, which with you testified against them. For they have not served you in their kingdom or in any good, many good things that you gave them, or in the large and rich land you set before them, nor did they turn from their wicked ways. Here we are, servants today, in the land that you gave to our fathers." Eat its fruit and bounty. Here we are, servants in it, and it yields such, a, such much increase to the kings you have set over us. Because of our sins, also they have dominion over our bodies, over our cattle, at their pleasure, and we are in great distress. And because of all this, we make a sure covenant and write it. Our leaders, our Levites, and our priests seal it. God was always good to the people. He was always good, always showing mercy, always showing grace, even though they were not good to him. I mean, how many of you can testify that God's been good to you when you haven't been good to him? I can. I can. There's been times when I don't think I've been good to God, but yet he continues to bless me. He continues to overwhelm me with his love. That's what grace is getting, is getting what you don't deserve. He says, you have dealt faithfully with us, but... We've been wickedly to you. See, how good is our God? Even though after all this, we fail so much, but he's so good. Even though we all harden our hearts at times, his faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, his patience constantly comes to us. Wow. And he won't forsake us. He will never leave his people. He will never, ever leave his people. That is a promise from him. Even though they have turned their backs and forsaken him, he is still faithful. This is what the entire book of Revelation is about. The entire seven-year period of the tribulation is about God's children, Israel. Because he still is going to deal with them. Even though they turned their backs on him, he will not forsake them. How glorious is our God? How glorious is our God? And then he gave them the good spirit to instruct them. Because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit teaches us and leads us into all truth of Jesus Christ. You are a sure hope. 
You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Pastor Dave has been teaching from the book of Nehemiah and sharing the story of how the wall of Jerusalem was rebuilt through Nehemiah's great leadership and the blessing of the Lord. Once the wall was fully rebuilt, the people came together for one specific purpose. We read about it in Nehemiah 8, 1 through 3, which says, And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate, And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard, on the first day of the seventh month. And he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The first thing the people did when the work was complete was to turn to God's Word. The work was all done under the direction and protection of God, and going to His Word when it was done brought God glory. When you're done with the work, don't forget to worship. Thanks for joining us today on A Sure Hope. If you want to hear more teachings from Pastor Dave, simply head on over to AsureHopeRadio.com. Once again, that's AsureHopeRadio.com. You'll find archived teachings and links to our live stream on Facebook and YouTube. And with that, we'll see you next time on A Sure Hope.